Our leader for tonight is Gail. Hi, everyone. Um, there's photos somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, what it was like, and this is my story, and only my story. Um, so I came into the rooms in 1999, and um, I was 250 pounds. I had lost 25 pounds. I don't know how. I really don't know how, but I had managed to lose 25 pounds when I came into the rooms. And one of the women took one look at my face and she said, this will work, this will work. And I was a serial dieter. And I think my first watching what I ate consciously, and I wasn't watching what I ate, somebody else was. Um, my mom used to buy the giant candies and put them in the fridge and give me a little piece. But then my mom died, and there was nobody to watch me. And um, I was in Catholic school. I was in, at Notre Dame in 10th grade, I guess. And I went from like a normal size, 160, maybe, to over 200 pounds in a blink of an eye. Because what I was eating was um, a hot dog, a bag of chips, a parfait, and chocolate milk every single day. And there was nobody there anymore to say, well, baby, you should maybe do this, or maybe you should think about that. And um, you can't eat your grief. It doesn't bring your mother back. But I didn't know that. And um, my grandma was at Wits Inn, so she enrolled in this thing called Eileen Feather Salon, which was an all-women's gym that was up on Van Ness in the 60s. And what the women didn't tell you is they wore plastic things under their suits so they would sweat. So everybody was about this big, you know. And then they made you drink this horrible concoction of skim milk and orange juice with some kind of oil in it. And that was supposed to burn the fat, you know. And I was there with a bunch of housewives. I was like the youngest person there. I was probably 15, 16 but my grandma was at wit's end because I was just ballooning up, you know. And um, I was a sugar junkie, hard, hardened. And before my mom died, she would give me her envelope that you're supposed to put in mass. And I discovered that you could rip that puppy open and go to the liquor store and buy five candy bars. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, nobody was reporting back, Mrs. Mrs. Mitchell, we didn't get your envelope for a couple of Sundays, you know. And I was a little, also allergic to chocolate and nuts and wheat and tomatoes. Anything fun, I was allergic to it. But if nobody was around, I could eat whatever I wanted. I knew that the nuts would kill me. But chocolate was kind of, you know, all I did was itch a little bit, you know. So um, I, I was always sneaky about food, and I didn't realize that until I got the program, you know. I mean, I'm jumping all over the place, but my husband would go, how'd your day go when he'd come back from the shop or come back to the shop? And what that, that was code for, did you eat within your food plan or did you really blow it? <laughs> Meanwhile, he does this funny cough before he enters the room and you can hear him halfway down the block so that meant 
zip across from where I was sitting doing my jewelry to the bathroom, wash the orange shit off my fingers so nobody knew. I just downed a bag of Cheetos and had two peppermint, peppermint patties. So he go, how'd your day go? I go, fine. You know, I should have, I, I was, I, I thought, you're 58 years old. Why are you lying about what you ate? It was just what I did, you know? It was just what I did. And when I came into the rooms in 1999, I was desperate. I had been at Weight Watchers so many times, they should have been paying me, you know? And I never lost any weight. I gained weight. You know, I would lose maybe 25 pounds, and then by the time I said, fuck it, I was 40 pounds over. You know, it was crazy. Then I found this one thing that absolutely worked. It was called Diet Workshop. It was kind of like Weight Watchers, but it wasn't. And I got all the way down to 142 pounds, and I was like, oh, made in the shade. I'm cool. Then I got pregnant. And that was an excuse to eat. You know, it was crazy. So then I was 200 pounds. People at, at the insurance company were going, well, you know, you're gaining weight awfully fast. You're not due until August. So my husband in desperation called what was how. And it was a meeting at the dry dock. And it was a Friday night. And I got there. And I was pissed. I was so angry at him. I could have spit nails. But I sat down. And it was a meditation meeting. So I was like, but I sat down, and I started listening to people's stories. And I was like, nobody has ever said this about food. Nobody's ever admitting to hiding, to eating, so, you know. So it was like, I found my place. But I didn't like the language of the 12 steps. It made me crazy. I mean, I was raised Catholic, so that made me crazy. You tell me I'm abstinent? I mean, that sounds like put me behind bars and lock the door. It just sounded horrible. But I wanted what they had, so I was willing to do it, you know? If you give me a food plan, three weighed measured meals, nothing in between. Um, on Sunday, I got a sponsor at the, at the meeting. And um, I was still in my 50s, so the weight came off a lot easier. And in six months, I was down like 50 pounds. It was amazing. And I kept doing it, and I kept going to meetings. They said, you know, do three weighed measured meals, nothing in between. Okay. Three meetings a week. Okay. Sponsor. Okay. But I didn't really understand the steps, you know. So I, I did first, second, and third step. I did the inventory, and I kind of got stuck on the sixth or seventh step. I just got stuck. I didn't know, you know, I don't know why. But losing all the weight, the voices in my head that said, if you can only lose this weight, nah, nah, nah. I just had this, I had a committee that went 24 and 7. From the moment my eyes opened, the, the, the wackadoodle machine was just. But when I'm abstinent, the wackadoodle machine is silent. It's amazing. And so I thought, well, maybe I can finally finish college. I've only been at it since 69. My kid's going to get out of Santa Cruz before I even, fit, you know. So I, I went back to state, and I finally got my BA in 2002. She got out in 2004. Um, but the steps and the pattern of OA helped me ask for help. 
So everything that I was afraid of that was sitting there waiting for me, like the math, um, speech, and one of my science labs, I was able to do because with math I was finally able to ask for help because this program taught me how to ask for help. So I was able to pass algebra with a B plus, pass stats with a B plus. I don't think I could do it now. Finally get through all those other crazy classes like the library thing. Library? I was a clone. Oh. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> so I was able to do it. I was able to finally make it happen with my higher power's help. But my program was starting to slip because I was going to less meetings and how was like closing down and FA was blossoming so there was less how and and I didn't know about regular OA really, you know, so I was kind of slipping and sliding and slipping and sliding. And then I got into the master's program and slid all the way to hell because, you know, we're all writers, we're all cool. And the teacher would pull out a fifth of whiskey and cups, little red cups, and I don't drink. You know, I haven't had a drink since 89, so that was an issue. But the cheese and crackers, over time, the cheese and crackers beat me down. And then my abstinence was like my precious abstinence. So I say was eight years but it could have been nine all i know is 2004 2005 i was no longer abstinent and i was going to regular oa meetings and sometimes i'd have a sponsor and sometimes i wouldn't have a sponsor and i really tried to stay within the framework of how but i didn't have the support and i didn't know what to do and finally i said fuck it and i stopped going to meetings and um, that did not bode well for my mental health. But, you know, I thought maybe I could do it. So I was at Kaiser for four years with the health plan trying to do it and could not do it because you need the steps, you need a sponsor, you need to do what the program suggests because a higher power really does help you when you can't help yourself. And Kaiser doesn't, it's not a higher power, you know? And they don't really talk about the steps there either. So I was not able to do it. So in 2013, I was sitting at Pacific Catch with my friend. It's her son's 18th birthday. You guys have all heard this story, and I'm gonna tell it again. We were talking, and somehow he mentioned his guitar teacher, and his guitar teacher had two uh, aces tattooed to his upper arm, and he asked his, his teacher what it meant. His teacher said, I'm an alcoholic, and I'm an addict, and I've got 15 years sober, and I need to remember that, and I still go to meetings. And when Mateo said that, my heart was like, and that was a Sunday, and by Wednesday, I got myself into the last how meeting. <coughs> and there were three people there, and I asked one of them to sponsor me. And I never looked back, you know. I, and that was June 12, 2013. And I've been abstinent ever since. And when I came back in the rooms, my weight was 225. And I'm 159, 158 today. But the hamster wheel's not going. And I worked the steps. It might have taken me a year and a half to 
to get to through the 10th step. I don't know what my resistance was, but I was resistant. But I worked the steps. I used the tools. I call people almost every day. Some days I, I send my food into my sponsor and I tell her what my action plan is. And I go, I called seven people today. And it's not because I'm a goody-goody. It's because I don't ever want the cravings to get a foothold. I don't ever want the food to sound sexy. I don't ever want to have to tell my sponsor, oh, shit. I had a piece of my daughter's cheese. No, no, nothing is worth what my abstinence gives me. My abstinence gives me peace of mind. My higher power gives me peace of mind. Um, you know, and I I had problems <laughs> with the whole higher power thing. I'm not going to lie, you know, I, was, I had issues. Um, but... I don't need to go to the map with my issues. I need to remember that if I do what program tells me to do, I'll be sane. And that's big. I won't reach for whatever X is because X isn't, nothing is as sexy as being abstinent. I mean, and I know that sounds wacky, you know, but... No food, you know, and I struggled with I struggled with the things people shouldn't struggle with. But no food is worth my abstinence. Nothing is worth me having to go through the hamster wheel. I don't want to do it. You know, I I, I don't ever want to be in that place of listening to my mind take me for a ride. It's painful. It's really painful. So three weighed measured meals, nothing in between? Yeah, okay, I can do that. Pray? Oh yeah, I can do that. Pick up the telephone? Oh yeah, I can do that. Read? Sometimes it's really funny. Like, I'll be in bed. My husband will bring me my first round. You know, bring me the cup of coffee and my oatmeal with the fruit in it. And I'll say, honey, could you give me my books? Because you really should put a rubber band around these things. Because I'm getting sick of it. They always slide all over the place. So now I have a rubber band around for today and Voices of Recovery. <laughs> and a 24-hour day. So when I say, honey, can you give me my books? All he has to do is reach for this pack and bring it to me. Did I tell you I was spoiled? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm spoiled. And the workbooks. My workbooks are insane because they have pieces of paper because I've been doing this for five years and every day I look at the damn question and I might write, you know, I might forget. Like today, I kind of forgot. I read, but I haven't written. But I take this seriously. I take it seriously. Um, when I was in a relapse... There was a Weight Watcher meeting right at Hayes and Pierce, and I would trudge up the hill. And this is in between getting back. And, you know, when I think that I was paying 12 bucks and I used to pay 3 
was paying 12 bucks a week for nothing to happen. Because I was desperate. I was desperate. And I knew that the answer was in the steps and in the program, but I couldn't get back there. You know? And then when I finally came back, the membership had swatched. It used to be, this room used to have 70 people. If you didn't get here at 7.45, you could not get a seat. You'd be way over there in the back. The Friday, the lifeboat meeting used to be intense. You know, the Tuesday night meeting, the other, it was just amazing. So when I got back and, you know, this is it. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. The holiness is in these rooms. You know, I don't know about any other higher... I mean, I really don't know. You know, I really don't know. But I know the holiness is in these rooms. When we share, that is... Okay, it's psychedelic. When we share, when we tell the truth to each other, something opens up, you know? I never thought I would be in this body wearing a size 30 or 31. It was like, my body wants to go... You're getting into those? Uh, 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 uh. And I just pull them right up and go, <laughs> you know, it's just amazing. I can eat, you know, my sponsor makes fun of my can of green beans, but sometimes that can of green beans saves my butt because it's four ounces of protein, two cups of vegetables. Okay, I can do this. You know, it's like whatever it takes is what it takes. And this abstinence is so important. Because without it, I'm one of those raving lunatics. The only thing I don't do is talk to myself. You know? But what's going on up here is not pretty. You know? So if I'm in the food, I get to be sane. I get to be compassionate. I get to be loving. I learn about humility and forgiveness. And I don't have to be a crazy person. That's pretty amazing and so now I don't fight the steps even though it took me a year and a half to get through the 10th step I don't fight them you know I, I, I relish the tools and sometimes when I'm in the rooms with you guys it's like I know that I'm with my people and I know I don't have to explain a thing you get it you've heard it all you know but there is when my kids were small I used to make them crazy I would say, let's make the magic happen. If we all clean up, we can get out and go to the park. And I'm sure when Nova thinks about it today, she rolls her eyes. Yeah, let's make the magic happen. But she's in a Buddhist meeting, and that's fun. But the magic is here, guys. So we can make the magic happen if we're willing to be abstinent, if we're willing to follow the steps, if we're willing to work with a higher power. The magic is here. It's in each one of us. Thank you. Mm